Today's gospel lesson comes to us from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, The Visit of the Wise Men. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is this child who's been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring, him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage, then opened their treasure chests. They offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. It is so wonderful to see all of these gifts that our congregation, that you have brought to give to the the Christ child who comes in disguise as homeless people in Morristown. A few people came in early this morning. They weren't actually members of our church, but they heard that we were doing this. And they brought some bags of white gifts for the homeless community. That may be the church at its most fruitful, is when we can invite others to join us in doing good things uh, for those who are in need. Hospitality has been one of the hallmarks of Christianity from the very beginning. The early church understood that their faithfulness could be measured by how hospitable they were, how they welcomed people, Some Christians believed that the incarnation of Jesus was not only God coming to be with us in Jesus, but the incarnational theology of Christianity is that the Christ comes to us in every person we meet, especially in those who are, as Jesus described in the Gospel of Matthew 25, those who are hungry, those who are naked, those who are thirsty, those who are imprisoned, those who are foreigners and strangers in our midst, that's where Christ comes to us. And it is a very incarnational spirituality to look in the eyes of every human being 
and to look for the Christ looking back at us. The early church believed that we should welcome people as we would welcome the Christ. Do you know how many people visit this church in an average year? Our, our numbers, by the way, are increasing. We last year had about 10 to 11,000 visits in this building. And it's probably going up because the trustees and others in our church have been very diligent about welcoming other people, welcoming outside groups to use this wonderful facility that trustees of generations past have entrusted to us and really prepared for this ministry of hospitality. We are so grateful for those who have gone before us. Um, of those 10 to 11,000 visits last year, some were coming to worship. Some were coming to grow in faith. Others were coming to sing with a youth choir or an adult choir. Some are coming to learn Russian language drama. And they come every week and have teachers that teach them drama in the Russian language and they perform in Radha Hall. Others come to sing music in an Indian Southeast Asian style that their parents, I've seen the parents sit in Radha Hall and watch their kids get up on that stage and sing and they just, they tear up because they hear the language of their parents and grandparents and the songs of their youth. Other people come here to vote on election day. Other people come here for the Gay-Straight Alliance at the high school where gay kids and straight kids have a talent show in Rada Hall and they just support one another and enjoy one another's talents. Others walk off the street because they need something. Maybe they need food or a bus ticket or help. Others come here because this is their evacuation site. The middle school, it's really a sight to behold. 1,100 kids walk across the back parking lot and into every door of this church in single file, in silence. I am not making this up. The first time they came through, I was you know, welcoming them and chatting up everybody who was coming in. And one teacher friend of mine said, ah, Jeff, we're supposed to be quiet on this one. I was the one that was talking. They, they come in, and, and, and this is their safe place. They do an evacuation drill a few times a year, and if they needed to evacuate, this would be the place that welcomes them. Hospitality is so crucial. I trust that of the 11,000 visits that come through this building, I trust that at some level, a good number of them are hoping for something. Hoping for something better in their lives, in their relationships, in their families, in their world, in their schools, in their communities, in their gatherings. They're hoping for something. And they're walking into a Christian church. Christians, it is part of our DNA to be hope-filled people. 
If we believe in the Paschal mystery, that churchy word for death and resurrection, death and resurrection, God is always bringing new life out of death, new hopes out of despair. And so, as we begin this new year, our congregation is invited to start modeling something that may catch on with the thousands of people who walk down these halls in the next few weeks. And it is a frame of hope. And people will be invited to take a big marker and write their hopes on one of these cards. Have a picture taken, put it on their page or their Instagram account, and then take this and post it on that bulletin board down the hall. And what people coming into our church will see is what these hopes are. And what our hope is, is that they will realize they're not alone in hoping for something. And they may see from what we put up this morning between services, a word or a phrase or an image or an idea that gives them permission to hope for that too. I hope you'll participate in seeding these ideas and putting these ideas up on the bulletin board and taking a picture with your friends or your family or a selfie so that you can share your hope with the world. I'm so grateful for Tom Kitson and for not only this whole sanctuary, the way it is beautified each Advent and Christmas season, but I'm particularly grateful for this artistic creation that Tom made. He took a picture of a stained glass window, which is right back there, that was put into our church in the 80s. Yeah, go ahead, Methodist, you can turn around and look at it. We're not used to doing that, but go ahead. Um, the trustees a few years ago put glass windows in the back of our sanctuary so that we can see. And Tom blew this up so that this image can be reintroduced to us because sometimes we walk by these beautiful stained glass windows and we forget they're even there. And some of us never actually get back into the narthex. And so this holy family has been placed here on the Rarados to remind us of one artistic glimpse of the Incarnation. One of my favorite choices of this particular artist, this stained glass artist, is underneath the manger, he put hay or straw or maybe wheat, I'm not sure, to remind us of that earthiness of Jesus' first few moments on earth where this grows and dies and grows again and dies again. But the artist also chose to put leaves here and soil and rock and earth as if to say, Christianity is not an exit strategy from this earth, 
Christianity is being fully grounded in our humanity, in our earthiness, in our physicality, and discovering the Christ here and now, in each moment. And the artist and creator of this stained glass window depicted the one that the Magi were looking for. A king who was unlike the other kings that the Magi met. The Magi understood kings and power. They had just come off a meeting with Herod, who is a megalomaniac leader who would do anything to keep his power, even if it meant killing innocent people. He would do anything to keep his power. He lied to the Magi, said, go find him and then let me know where he is so that I can come and worship him too. He had no plans on worshiping this newborn king. He had plans to kill the newborn king. And the Magi were looking for a king who was bigger than that petty politics. A king who was not only a ruler on this earth, but a ruler of heaven and earth. A ruler whose care extended to all people and all of creation and the wise men and women found him in this baby. And the baby is depicted with his arms reaching up. You know what that communicates. It's wordless language that a baby says to an adult around them, pick me up. And the Magi were invited to pick him up, to take him into themselves. And so too are we. Of every generation, of every nation and race, we are invited to pick up the Christ child and take him into our capacity to love but not only that, but to let him grow and be in relationship with us, to allow Christ to change and become a wisdom figure for us, to allow Christ to show us what salvation looks like, to show us what it is to be fully human and fully divine, because that is what we are. Friends, the Christ has come for the Magi, for the shepherds, for the Holy Family, for you, for me, for every person in every nation, to show us what it is to love, to forgive, to care 
to trust. May it be so for you and for me and for all people. Amen.